Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to a very special edition of Footballers where I have ousted Hunter as the host and I'm joined by Matt Lamborn, the effervescent foot genius and wise FIFA. Hunter is not going to be referred to in this episode, we're just going to act like he doesn't exist. So how are you guys doing? I'm okay, can you spell effervescent? E and then stuff. Wise, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Join the uh, join the holiday weekend here in the States. And of course, joking aside, it wouldn't be a footballer's podcast without the one and only Mr. Hunter Engelbert Baloo. How are you doing, mate? What, what was that? Hunter, I've done a bit of research online mm-hmm. and uh, discovered your middle name. Can you say it one more time? Engelbert. Hunter Engelbert Baloo. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'm doing good. How are you, Steve? A- AKA Bertie. Bertie. That's... Bertie. I had a quick chat with his wife, said that was his pet name. Don't really want to go too far into that kind of thing, to be honest. You talking to my wife behind my back, bro? No, but she... Let's leave that there. Um, League One team of the season. Let's move to that. This has been a fantastic promotion. This, this has given us absolutely everything we were looking for. We've had superb content. We've had every squad building challenge we ever hoped for. We've had more objectives cards than we could possibly cope with. Where am I wrong? Everywhere. thought you were going to do the Borat not as fast as you could after that sentence there. But uh, talk about leaving things, places. I don't know what EA did with the Switch. They must have all been watching the Champions League final this weekend and then decided, hey, most of the employees are probably in the United States, even though they're based in Canada. So let's all just take the weekend off and enjoy this holiday season because we have gotten absolutely f-all of content especially sbcs who thought they were going to see a joe go i didn't know joe gomez signed for stad renee yeah, you know he pulled the words right out of my mouth i mean it's it's, it's kind of crazy are they thinking like well every, everybody's on holiday this week and nobody's going to notice we can get away with this shit how, how do you think this happens matt how 
How's it? I honestly don't know, other than if I was to be doubting their credibility entirely, which is what we kind of do on this podcast quite a lot. Maybe they just thought they only want Neymar and Mbappe, so fuck everything else. We'll take a few days off. And I think that's probably somewhat close to reality, unfortunately. I mean, it's all well and good wanting to have more content because that's what we've had in some of the previous weeks. But realistically, who are we hoping to see other than those two? But it's just random shit like that. They set a pattern. The, the, what kind of grinded me was that you get into a groove with things. So, for instance, obviously, objectives cards are a big deal on my account. And every single week on Team of the Season, without fail, we've had a objectives card where you play it in um, the online friendlies mode and also the, uh, the squad battles objectives card. And they've just, they've totally done away with it for absolutely no apparent reason whatsoever. Hunter, before I come to you and say, please start hosting again, because I feel really uncomfortable. Why, why do you think, how, why, how, what, where, when, who? I can't uh, come up with any logical explanation for it other than they know their market. Doesn't matter what they give their, their followers or their community. They're still going to play the game. As long as Weekend League is open, they're going to have people playing the game uh, for the shot at getting a card. Even if there's a negative 10% chance of packing Neymar and Mbappe, people are still going to try. I think they know that, and they're playing to that, taking advantage of it. But why would you go against the, the set pattern? I mean, I'm asking questions that I couldn't possibly answer. I, I wouldn't imagine for one second that you guys are suddenly going to turn around and go, well, Steve, this is exactly it. But it's just weird. We've seen this all year. I mean, the way they have gone against things, uh, uh, against the norm, I guess you would say on timing on, on when they do certain things and how they do certain things. But I think they just like to show people that they're in control. Not to sound like Alex Jones here. This is where you do the hosting, Hunter. Okay. Why? Do you have anything to add to this? <laughs> Expertly done there. <laughs> Seamless. See, that's how you do it, Steve. It's all about delegation. Not really. They gave us Cam Neymar just to to further drive home Matt's original point about they them giving us what we wanted. They gave us Cam Neymar and a Ben Yedder. I would have liked to have seen Baltman would have been a good uh, center back objective for squad battles. Just give us some something else, something new, something to rival Topsoba and Lacroix. I mean, the Kim Pembe card is good. Let's not get wrong yeah, about right. that. That's that's a really nice free card that they've shown us there. Yeah, maybe but, it really is. But who on earth wasn't just refreshing objectives on Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, sort of thinking, when's it coming? When, when are we going to get the, uh, the the fairly decent? I mean, it's the, the good player is always the one that you play play for in friendlies. And you normally get somebody who's probably a little bit less usable in squad battles. And I, I was certainly looking for it all weekend, thinking, "What the what the fuck's going on here? Where where is it?" There was also the point about like, "Oh, they didn't, if they, if they thought that it was a holiday weekend, they could get away with it." But that's even more of a reason to put out content because everybody's hyper sensitive. They're not at work. There's no other distractions. They're looking at what they like to do in their free time, which for a lot of individuals, including ourselves, even though we crap on the game often, is play FIFA. So this is when they really could have stepped it up and given some engagement because who's going to play, besides grinding that Kempembe objective, who's really going to play or get on the menus in FIFA for their foot for foot right now without any solid league content. Mm. Although those upgrade packs seem to be given out again. Speak for yourself, man. They haven't given me shit. But to speak to the, the holiday point, I can't say that, that, that that's even a, a viable excuse because we've seen, if, if you follow Footwatch on Twitter, he's always posting the code that they put into the game days and days, sometimes weeks in advance for 
packs, SBCs, players, etc. So they could have done this shit a week before the holiday, you know, put it in there, executed it this time. I know you can do that. You know, it's not impossible. So to me, I, I don't really think, I think they're just taking the community for granted at this but, point. I mean, that's it. It's just not like there's somebody sitting there at EAHQ with their finger on a no. button going, let's release no. this shit now, is it? You know? I can do all this shit remotely. Of course. Matt, you have anything to add? I know. I think we're all sort of collectively hitting the nail on the head there. It's it's a, a disappointing turn up after what happened with BPL. You think they would have learned their lesson that the community universally were pissed and probably just as pissed about this one. Uh, but people uh, are obsessing over their remotely slim chances of getting a red Mbappe, a red Neymar, and that's somehow going to make up for it. But I think come this Thursday when people get their rewards and they don't get what they're looking for, there's going to be a lot of discontent in the community, unfortunately. And I mean, let's not forget as well, it's, okay, League on has been a bit of a disappointment, but Serie A hardly kicked it, did it? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I was expecting much more from that in terms of SBCs and what have you. Where where was Hakimi? He's somebody who should surely yeah. have been in team of the season. Yeah. If, he, if he didn't get in the the community vote, surely EA could have bought him out as, a, as an SBC. Like we said earlier, Joe Gomez appearing in the middle of the league. It's just, uh, it's a complete clusterfuck, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Rubbing your nose in it, man. Anyway. Trying to shift from something negative to something positive. As if. I heard you, you kicked Sharon to the curb, Steve. Sharon's gone. Nice. Bitch is gone, I think. Fuck you, Sharon. Yeah, fuck you, Sharon. Um, you think? Well, I think, yeah. So I've never passed a, a Sharon Stone before, so there's something entirely new to me. But uh, yeah, hey, what? I, I tell you, if... If you ever suffer from kidney stones, it's, it's going to hurt like hell before it comes out. When it comes out, I, I was just, you know, I don't want to be too graphic about this, but, you know, standing there having a, uh, a whittle, as we English chaps called it, whittling away. And uh, all of a sudden, just the uh, the stream was slightly interrupted, a quick sort of ouch. And, and that was it. Just a, yeah, a little bit of residue in the toilet bowl, I suppose. Um didn't, I can't believe something that small could cause that amount of pain. Still a bit of residual pain. I think what it is, you know, if you you can do this right now, actually, to sort of empathise with me, because I know you all want to. If you, if no. you take your thumbnail and, and push it into your finger, into, into your fingertip, once you actually release the thumbnail, you've still got a bit of pain in your fingertip. And I, I think that's where I am now. So uh, podcast listeners right now, empathise. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes and tell us about your kidney stone issues. While we were all while we were all pushing off our mouths into our fingers, I, say, I, I did I did try it and uh, it wasn't very good. So the the League A one team of the season reminds us a lot of EPL team of the season. But if you look, we talked about it last week. It, it's almost like a, a crescendo effect, like a peak. They went shitty, less shitty, awesome, less shitty, shitty. They just kind of took us on a roller coaster ride there with team of the season. So. Maybe they have something else up their sleeve for ultimate team of the season. But be honest with you guys, I'm really, really getting tired of talking about team of the season. I feel like we've been talking about it for what, five weeks, six weeks now. Uh, what about the Marijuana Fellini report? We need something from Matt. Have we all got Marijuana Fellini just before we, we go into that? I do. You would have been a maniac to not have done it. I mean, talk about a good value, a good value SBC. So let's get to the nitty gritty. Is he a good striker? Not really. Um, at least not at this stage of the game. I mean, I would have loved to have seen not even a card as good as the one that we got, but, you know, an empowered 
upgraded Fellaini at an earlier point in the game just to see how it would have coped with normal defenders. But, you know, you, you can't do much against the likes of Tapsoba and, and Mbappu with a, a card like Fellaini playing up front. That said, it is a lot of fun. And people generally, because they're not used to it, no one really plays a target man style in this game. So when they come up against it, it causes absolute confusion. So th- there might be something in there where the, the, there's a system worth meriting um, as an alternative tactic if your default approach doesn't work or just do what Mourinho did with him and just you know launch him up front at the end of a game um, when you're chasing the lead and it'll just cause chaos. He's great off corners, good for winning uh, the ball off goal kicks, that kind of thing. So he definitely has value. He's a bit too slow to be one of your outstanding midfielders or a CDM at this stage of the game. So it's despite the card being overall excellent, it still has the same shortcomings as the original card did, where it is too slow to compete at the super high end and isn't quite dangerous enough to cause damage in the box against the defenders at this stage of the game, unfortunately. That said, it's a card that I will use from time to time and have a lot of fun with. So the, I think it was an 84-rated team you had to do. You know, it's tremendous value. You you can't be upset if it doesn't like completely change your life or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think it'll be like spearheading the attack in my weekend league campaigns, unfortunately. But uh, it is one that, that I will enjoy dipping into from time to time. And, and that's about as, as good as it gets, unfortunately. Yeah. Since we're on the marijuana report from Matt, we did have a question that came into the Discord regarding marijuana. Uh, Pompa wants to know, why does Fellini still have an Afro in game? Because that's what we remember from Fellini. I mean, all the years in FIFA when he was actually usable, it wasn't Fellini without the Afro. We used to have him and Sideshow Bob back there, man. Just bossing motherfuckers. It's because those extra couple of inches of hair give you an advantage off corners. He heads it with his hair, not his head. It really does. Confirmed that in pro clubs several times. Mm-hmm. Haircuts make a difference. True story. It, it defines the body type. There you go. Well, I don't want to leave out Steve. Steve, anything to add on marijuana? I think Fellaini. it's because he shaved his hair off quite recently. Didn't his initial card didn't have an afro, right? Oh, I don't know. Who cares? It's an overrated card, I'll tell you that much. I've I've used it in my I've, I've built a squad battles team just so that I can I've got that many really ridiculously fucking good cards in my squad in my team right now in my club that I've built myself a squad battles team as well as a rivals team and I've been using Fellaini in that. Um an absolute nightmare to get in. I've, I've had to use a 4-5-1 and waste him in as the striker, which means that I've had to play Gennaro Gattuso, baby Gennaro Gattuso in there, just to get Fellaini in. Beautiful. So I've got Gattuso and Fellaini as my two CDMs. Sounds terrible. He's okay. I mean, I, I can't talk too much about it because I've never really used him online. I, I wouldn't, but I mean, he, he gets it done, but he's... Uh, I don't know. It's just what it is, isn't it, really? I mean, I only did him because I, I think I packed a duplicate Handanovic and I, I needed to throw it into something. But, um, yeah, I don't know. He's, he's not a striker. He's too slow to be a CDM. He's just Marouin Fellaini, isn't he? He's, uh, I, I wish we'd just had a, a Furlan Mendy SBC, perhaps, instead. I'm waiting, wise. Mm, no. <laughs> no, no, no. That's it. Just no. That's all I have. Yeah, Wise, you'll be happy to know that my prospective squad that I anticipate to build for Endgame includes both Mendy and Theo Hernandez. Oh my god, are you really playing both of them at center back? No, left back and right back. Come on, I'm not that much of a dick. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> no, I'll be using that uh, 
that uh, Boris, what's the guy's name? Zagadoo. Uh, Zagadoo. Zagadoo. And, uh, and all French backline, Kimpembe and Zagadoo with Mindy at left back, Hernandez at right back, Awar, Atal, Sanchez, the works. Anyway, so that's nice. That's We still have some Timmy of the season to discuss, unfortunately, because they just released today, MLS and rest of the world. Does any of these cards stick out to any of you? We'll start with Matt. Uh, Tavernier is a must, I think, and there is a, a reasonable link there to the uh, community team, Connor Goldson, that makes it a viable option, or various English other players that you want to link into, or your icons, etc. Um, the um, headliners version of that card has been absolutely viable, and probably still is to a point since it came out, so this pretty chunky upgrade is, this is going to be super common come this coming weekend league, I think, and it'll be a question of those who do and those who do not have that card um, can play it anywhere by the looks of it. So maybe a little bit wasted at right back. Maybe it should be a, a, a CM or, or something like that. But an uh, incredible card. Uh, it's going to be an absolute pain in the ass to play against. Got close to 2,700 in-game stats. Absolute nightmare. The only thing you can't do is volley by the looks of it. And if you really wanted to, you could boost that into the high 80s. So what a card. Yeah. Steve, you want to add anything to this? Any um, any cards you're eyeballing to pick up from rest of the world or MLS? Yeah, I, I did. I did the um, the foundations cards. Uh, just looking at the the MLS squad, I mean, um, it's shit, but it's it's better than the the Premier League team of the season squad. Why is a rebuttal for that? Yeah, I mean, got to have some. As, as as North Americans, we might as well find something good in the MLS squad. That Matuidi SBC, plenty of good links, could be an interesting card. But the Diego Rossi, loved his team this season last year. Going to have to slot him in now that he's a striker too. That gives you a lot of good possibilities with that Lodiero for chemistry links. And those two guys should be able to get some, should be able to do the job well. Lastly, though, we didn't touch on him in the rest of the world. But that Orsic, that left mid Orsic with 99 pace, great physical, high, high work rates. think his weak foot and skill moves are up there as well. He is absolutely someone I think could be meta. Plenty of icons to link with him at this stage in the game with all the icon SBCs he have been releasing. Otherwise, you got Modric or in there somewhere probably. But uh, I think he could be a very useful card, either as a center mid or a center forward, let alone a winger. Can make quite a quite a decent Croatian midfield. Uh, how you link those guys to the forwards and, and defenders is going to be tricky. But yeah, Orsic is always such a well-rounded card once he gets these uh, these boosted items. Let's not forget Nani. Whilst we're on the subject of MLS, because that card is um, pretty dirty at five star, five star. Going to cause some pain for some people in weekend league, I imagine. Connecting to a, a CR seven and a Renato Sanchez, and uh, you've got a real pain yeah. in the ass there. Thing is, though, we're at that stage of the game where there are so many cards like this. Don't you think that Nanny just becomes sort of much of a muchness, sort of par for the course? I, I, I would have loved. I'd, sorry, I'm, I'm being really negative today. I don't mean to, but I, I would have loved a card like that Nanny as a flashback, sort of. I don't know, two, three months ago, when it could have really made a difference. But now it's just sort of. I think we do have a flashback, Nanny. No, we right? have foot freeze, right? Freeze, isn't it? The the point I'm driving at more so is that. The stats now that are pretty much meaningless, and you know the the flashback foot freeze card, whatever it was, could have been juiced, 
could have been usable, could have encouraged people to, to use the MLS Squad Foundations cards and what have you. But I think I, a few months ago, a, a card with 95 pace, 93 shooting, it would have stood out a mile, wouldn't it? You know, everybody would have been dying to get that in the team. But I think that, I don't know, we're just hitting that stage, I think, where where stats are becoming almost meaningless. I don't know what you guys think. There are a dime a dozen cards like this. The only thing that's different for him is he's got five-star, five-star, which that yeah. does make him unique. But he also has 81 stamina. So to be using mm. attackers with 81 stamina in June, to me, that's not it. It's not going to get it done for you. No, it's not going to last till July. Good one, Steve. Matt, did you have something to add? No, no, I was just going to agree with what you said about, uh, or what Steve said about cards being so well-rounded now that there's, there's only a very slight difference statistically in, in most cards that come out. I would say perhaps with the um, exception of defenders, I think there is still room for stat impact there, but attackers are much of a muchness that everyone's over 90 pace and high 80 stroke 90 shooting and, and all that kind of stuff. So then it becomes a case of work rates and and physical attributes like body types and heights and weights and stuff that sort of suit your your style of play. But yeah, statistically, the cards are, are getting more more similar, unfortunately, because they've left themselves with nowhere to go. The, the upgrades are, have been so severe um, and perhaps they, they've made all of them a bit too OP in, in that respect and not left much room for manoeuvre. I was going to say that we only have two more months though, so you might as well give us this because we'd be, they're, they have to walk that fine line of, you know, upgrading them enough to be last minute or not last minute, last, like end of the year, beginning of the end of the year, attractive enough cards to get people to still spend money as at the same time, you know, uh, making them not OP enough so that summer heat can still draw players in. So it's a tough line, but they're always just going to make them so good considering they know only two more months of FIFA left. We're at that really fun point of the season as well, I think, where um, people talk about the skill gap closing. I I don't necessarily buy into this because what you tend to find at this point of the season is that the people who are bad players and just generally pace abusers, they just get faster cars to abuse the pace with and just run into dead ends much more quickly. It's something that I've found a lot whilst playing Div Rivals and what have you. Just get people just holding down the R2, running hell for leathers straight at you. And uh, yeah. Good fun. Good times. Yeah, this kind of leads into a question that uh, Mr. Right Foot asked us. And he hey. asked us, Right Foot, come on, man. Paul. Yeah, Paul. All right. I'm not going to do the impersonation. I want to, but it's, I, can't do, I can't do Yorkshire. He asked, can you discuss how much of an impact team value has on Foot Champs results? I play some weeks on two accounts, and I get the same result with a 2 million team and a 10 million team. Is there too much emphasis on player value over attributes? I thought that was a really, really good question because it's something that the FIFA community has really been talking about lately. When I jump into people's streams, a lot of the chat's always asking about, you know, hey, should I get this? Should I get that? And then they'll go upgrade them and they come back the next week and they got the exact same result after going out and buying a team of the season Neymar or CR7. So, uh, Steve, take us through that if you don't mind. Yeah. First of all, Paul, it's against uh, terms and conditions very disappointed in you you shouldn't really be playing on two accounts not sure i I really want to go into the legalities of it but um i yeah i'm not sure we should really discuss this question based upon that but we will do because you're a friend uh i I, it's i'm bound to give you a certain answer i suppose but but it's the truth as, as far as i'm concerned you need decent players to an extent obviously you do or you're just going to get outclassed but the bottom line is get good and unless you develop some sort of 
ability unless you can use these players you know it's kind of you know as you said it's a, it's a nice link hunter in a way to, to what i said earlier people who just go hell for leather abusing pace running into dead ends down the wings or running straight into your your center backs people who are bad at the game will still be bad at the game despite the team that they have it, it will take them so far but there's a ceiling and it's not a glass ceiling it's not something you can smash through with with cards your your ability is going to come into play at some point so, mm, yeah, obviously you're in an advantage if you, if you have a, a goated squad and, and you're going to beat players who are of similar, shall we say, technical ability to you if you have a better squad than them. But um, I don't know, the, the, the game's kind of designed for parity, isn't it? It's, it's, the idea is that you're going to meet players who are of a similar ability to you. So if you're a, basically a shit player with a great squad, chances are you're going to come up against players of similar ability or rather maybe not similar ability but players with with similar squad ratings and you're just i don't know you're going to get a bit stuck in that i think you know I, I, i'm an advocate it's what i do I, I, I try and teach people to get better at the game um but I, i'm a massive advocate for trying to develop your skill trying to develop your ability trying to understand football a bit better um because you know one thing we overlook gets a lot of flack for i don't know through ball metas or this being broken that being broken FIFA is a very, very good football simulator and it's, it's often overlooked. So develop your technique, develop your football knowledge and use those great squads, use them properly and then you will get an advantage. But you're not, nah, you're not, you're not going to pull up any turnips. Can't think of the fucking word. What is it? Pull up any daffodils, pull up any. We're not going to turn over any stones. Yeah. Okay. You're, you're not really going to um <laughs> the tangent is lost <laughs> no pun intended you're not really going to <laughs> fuck off <laughs> you're not really going to be pissing through any stones you're not going to become a, a, a pro podcaster anytime soon is that what we're saying that that's i couldn't have put it better yeah um even in three or four goes, uh, by just having a good team. You need to know how to play the game as well. That's it. Done. Out. See you later, guys. Yeah, it's a really good point because if if any guys listening have not watched the tutorial that we put out for free on Steve's channel about depth, depth, you can adjust to play against these sweats. That said, if, if your only method of attack is to go straight forward, right at the defense and just play these through balls, eventually the the power curve is going to creep up enough to where your meta team is no longer meta. And even if your team is faster than the other, all they have to do is adjust depth, bring everybody back, and you can play against that. You need to get creative. Some of the best players that, that I watch regularly, um, uh, George Adamu for New York Red Bulls, he sees the angles. He's, he's one of the best attackers in America because he sees those angles and he can play them and he plays the balls. He sees the game. He's, he's unpredictable. He's killer in the final third. And also text the same thing he has in common is his unpredictability. You have to be unpredictable. I don't care how good your team is. Anything else you guys want to add to that? I think you'd also, this is a, the listeners should keep in mind that there's like a relativity to the question right asked right now. He, I mean, what the, from a market standpoint, the 2 million team versus the 10 million team, as we've been in this team, the season period, you're getting access to a lot of cards at the moment that pack a much bigger punch per their attributes for their value than in the past. So I do think it matters more at the beginning of the game 
where there is a steeper drop off in terms of player prices just because we don't have as many options. But to the point, I, I don't think that it is the end of the day. At the end of the day, it is Steve's point. It, the value is in how good you are actually at the game rather than how fast your players are, the mechanics you try to abuse. This is this is another, I mean, I don't mean to do a sort of advert for coaching here at all, but it's, it's another reason why you should really focus on, on getting better at the game rather than just I don't know, you know, buying FIFA points or coins or whatever. Although the game changes each year, the fundamentals stay the same. And if, if you invest your time in getting better at the game rather than just buying better cards, it's going to serve you well over over two or three years cycle, however long you play the game. Footballers is brought to you by the Foot Academy Patreon. If you're serious about wanting to get better at FIFA and you want to have fun playing at the same time, Foot Academy is the place for you. By supporting the Patreon, not only will you get access to ad-free podcasts, but you'll also get bonus materials, immediate access to the Discord, which includes guides, tactics, tutorials, videos, and much more. So if you like the sound of learning how to dribble, take advantage of space while playing Bielsa Ball and the 4-6-0, the strikerless formation, check out patreon.com forward slash foot academy. Once again, that's patreon.com forward slash foot academy. All right, we're going to wrap up team of the season now. We're going to rank it. I want everybody to go through. We'll, we'll start with we'll start with uh, Wise. Top five leagues, team of the season, promotion. One being the best, five being the worst. Wise, go. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to start. I'm going to start at the bottom and work my way up here. I think so. Worst you said was five. So five BPL, four league. Uh, and I'm ranking this. How I'm ranking this is based on how much engagement it gave me, and how many, and like how much it prompted me to take actions, either to do SBCs or to get players in the in the side. So five BPL, four league on three. I'd say, unfortunately, for content, it was Setia wise. I wish they gave us some more SBCs, but so so I'll go three Setia, even though I have a bias towards that league. Two La Liga number one, so the best Bundesliga. That's mine. Hmm. I, I I found myself for the past three, like for those three weeks between the Serie A, La Liga, and Bundesliga, incorporating a lot of new players given either through through SBCs and or just buying them off the market. They gave us plenty of objective cards too for all three of those that were able to become weekend league quality players. And that, that was really drove me to see this big disparity between BPL and Liga and the rest of the big leagues we've gotten. Nicely done. Matt? Yeah, I won't go through like a, like a, a big, long, detailed rant about it. I think that there was some of the small leagues got very hard done by. I don't think there was anything of value in, say, the Super League or Liga Nost. They got very hard done by. I think Eredivisie was also quite disappointing. I think there was some cards we were hoping to see there we didn't get, like Graven Birch, who might have actually been weekend league viable, and they weren't, so those ones got uh, shafted a little bit. Um, but I think just uh, adding to what Wise just said, you know, Bundesliga is such a, a foundation now of what I see in every um, professional's weekend league team, particularly in the defence, because if you don't have Tap Sober and, uh, and Babu, <laughs> you, you're just way behind the curve now. They are so good. I mean, Mbabu is as a right-back, is probably the best centre-back in the game, which is a little bit gross, but that's just the reality of the situation we're dealing with. And Tapsoga is is the right partner to go with that card, and that's what almost everybody's done. And I think we might have a question that we need to tackle about SBCs that we regretted not doing. 
and that would definitely be one for me, uh, which then leaves you with going for a much more expensive one as an alternative being Joe Gomez to get you over that 90 pace centre-back, which I think we're all going to need in the very near future. But uh, yeah, BPL was obviously uh, a bust, so is, is Ligon, but um, I think La Liga and uh, Bundesliga were done ex- exceptionally well. Bundesliga has just been by far and away the best one, and it was the one I was least looking forward to. Um, so they they really turned up the heat for that one. Uh, I wish they'd done that a little bit more for the others. Uh, but just to to make one closing point on the whole team of the season aspect in terms of ranking these leagues, I find it's it's a little bit strange how there were some cards at the beginning of the overall promotion which were very viable, which are now pretty much non-viable. And it's like the overall quality rose week to week quite significantly, I think, whether that's just because there was just so many more of these overpowered cards in the game. But there there were players who I was absolutely loving life with in the first week. Let's say uh, Cancelo, uh, Ruben Diaz and uh, Rodri, which they gave away in an SBC, I think, or was it an objective card, one or the other. Phenomenal at the time. But that's because you were coming up against teams that only had two or three, maybe four, a push Tots cards in their teams. Now you're playing a Tots 11 every week. So some of those cards that you thought were good at the beginning uh, aren't really that good at all now. So they've done a, a good job from their perspective in terms of wanting to get you to open packs and stuff. Of really, what's the word I'm looking for? Making, making certain cards redundant very quickly. So having to upgrade every week, even though you're in the same promotion, has been very stark and obvious to me when I've been playing. So fair play to EA because that obviously gets them the results that they want. But I think people who invested heavily in the first couple of weeks are probably getting a little bit shortchanged now. Those cards aren't as valuable as what they paid for them at the time and they still feel the need to upgrade even though they're in this end-game promotion. And yeah, if you went heavy on BPL and now you want Bundesliga and and La Liga and that kind of thing, you you might find it hard-pressed to actually make the upgrade based on what resources you've got left in your club. But yeah, that's just my experience. Maybe everyone else's mileage differs from me, but uh, that was quite stark over the last couple of weekend leagues I've played. Hmm. Well said, Matt. I agree with a lot of what you said, but uh, I'm not going to go into it. Steve, you want to give us your top five? Yeah, well said, Matt. Um, I agree with a lot of what you said, but I don't want to go into it. Basically translates to me as I wasn't really listening. Yep. Uh, but, but that... That aside, um, I was just kind of kidding earlier when I said, you know, the MLS team is is better than the Premier League team, but it is. You know, I mean, arguably, it actually really is, and it it relates back to, I I was listening to you, Matt, and it it relates back to to what you were saying about the power curve within team of the season. You know, the the later squads have been more juiced than the, the earlier squads. I think... I mean, I don't want to be totally down on it because I think it's given us some decent cards. Obviously, my focus is is skewed, I guess, to the objectives cards. Rusiel, fantastic. Um, Berea, the Lozano SBC, awesome. Um, I think Serie A was done really well. But (laughs) there's no excuse for this lack of consistency that's been there. Um, If if you're going to do one league well, do the other leagues well. And, And... this sort of, you know, as we were saying, the, the power curve, there's there's no reason for that. There's there's no reason why the EPL team should be less juiced than than the MLS team. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about sort of 
base stats here. I, I haven't had the opportunity to go into sort of looking at weak foots and skill moves and what have you, but at face value, you, you could certainly make an argument that that MLS squad is mm, maybe maybe slightly worse than the Premier League squad, but not a lot, and it, it just it shouldn't be that way, in my humble opinion. Were you listening? Yeah, of course I was. Okay. I wasn't reading emails or doing other things. Um, number five, EPL. Number four, Liga One. Number three, Syria. Number two, I'm going to put Bundesliga at number two and La Liga at number one. But that could have been because of the SPCs that paid out so well for me that period. Um, just so happened to help me out. Steve, uh, you, you had a, something you wanted to add about the left-back, center-back meta before we kind of move all the way to the next topic. Yeah, just a, a, a thought to throw out there. I don't think there's any doubt, really, that generally speaking, if you're going to play a left-back at centre-back, one, one of these pretty, you know, juiced. Juiced has become the new word, hasn't it? One of these OP, juiced, you know, beast cards, left-backs at centre-back. If you're playing them at 7 chem, you're not really getting that much of a punishment. There's not much of a deficit. They're, they're actually better than the centre-backs. I think it opens up the old debate about chemistry. You know, should there be more of a should if you play a, a right back at centre back, should they be able to play on seven chem? Should they be hit down to four or five chem? I just I wonder what EA are gonna do about this going forward next year because it's become so prevalent this year. It's it's just it's become the norm, hasn't it really? This it's it used to be extraordinary if you saw a right back playing at centre back. But now um you don't you don't think twice, you just think, Oh yeah, there we are. That's it. I have a solution. And I'm sure you can work out what it is. Get rid of chemistry. No. Let's make the aerial part of the game far more prevalent. Uh-huh. Because in real life, if if Chelsea played Cesar Aspilicueta at centre back, he would do a good job in He's general. Good. Yeah. But if you stuck a six foot three striker on him, he'd get crushed. That is the trade off. That's the balance which FIFA doesn't have. Right, like Chris Wood. Yeah, Chris Wood would eat him alive. Chris Wood would absolutely body him. The, the problem you've always got the problem you've got with, with FIFA though is that if you if you emphasise the crossing meta it's kind of it's random, isn't it? It's kind of pressing a button and hoping. It's not. It's not emphasising it though. It's just making it a, a viable option. If people decide to go for pace because that's what the meta is, so they play fullbacks. You need you need to have a counter to it. Otherwise, we're, we're just at a dead end. There's no way to exploit it. But it's, I think you can only do that if you make heading more of an art. I mean, they've they've tried, I guess, to an extent this year with um, what did they actually call it? They they, they kind of made heading less assisted, didn't they? Yeah, you're um, supposed to be able to, to aim aim your headers, but you can't win them in the first place. That's the problem. No. So if if they if they made heading a bit more artful and a bit more skillful, maybe. But I think the danger is it's just going to be a case of pressing square or whatever it is and shoot, and that's that. And nobody wants a game like that, I don't think. Yeah, but then they'll have to rotate back to proper centre backs, and then that that won't work. They can go back to using Varane and whoever they want. And then that won't, but, but will cease to be an option or, or work far, far less. But if you're playing midget fullbacks at centre back, I expect to be able to dominate you in the air because that's the trade off you've decided to make. You should be able to. Can't argue with that. I just, I, I, I worry that we're going to end up with a game. Well, we're not going to end up with a game like this, but I, I worry in that sort of scenario that it's just going to be a case of people abusing pace down the wings, hitting cross. And then circle with a with a big striker against. I don't know. Heading to me is the most not broken, but the, there's nothing worse than conceding a heading headed goal. 
because you feel helpless. You feel like it's just completely RNG. And the same at the other end, if you score a headed goal, and unless you've spotted a striker in space and you've deliberately put that cross in there, you feel like it's RNG. Scoring from a corner with a header, RNG. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to go to that your initial point about making left backs and right backs on, let's say, four or five Kim, to me, if you're going to do that, you have to also do it for right forwards. So you would no longer be able to play a right forward at striker on seven Kim. I mean, that's the same argument, in my opinion. But I think that would give people less squad building options. But I've been I've long been a fan of just getting rid of chemistry entirely and just being able to create a true ultimate team based on your favorite cards. I think that would alter the landscape. I think that would give more variety and just make the game a little bit more enjoyable to people who want to mix up. They wanted to mix up MLS and Premier League. Let them do it. I mean, I don't know. That's just me. Why? You got anything to add on this? You've been kind of quiet. No, letting you guys hash this one out. You guys made some good points. I uh, I think this could be another, if you want to delve deeper into it, this could be a good topic for a, a summer pod when we see what other types of the things that EA could do to experiment to see what even the meta shift would be like if we wanted to make it a little bit more. If they wanted to make heading a little bit more power just to kind of balance it out, they should be really testing these things in the summer. But uh, besides that, no, got nothing. Got nothing else to I mean, it's, it's a typically American response, really, that Hunter saying, you know, let's do away with chemistry and what have you. Let's, it's, it's the ethos that led to this idea of the Super League. It's, it's people like you that are responsible for this kind of shit. Um, I think, really, going forward with this podcast, I think you just, well, I think the listeners deserve a, a rather more responsible host. I, I don't, you know, I, I don't think it's the way ahead at all, really. Let's not. Let's keep rules. Let's not do away with rules. What What happens if we end up with anarchy? You want to ask me to host again, or do you want to take over? I, I, this could be the end of the podcast. I don't know. Well, no, we still have to answer questions from the community. But maybe, okay, let's go. I, I don't want to. I don't want to fuck it up. And do a terrible job. Why don't you take over? But no, I'm not saying that you're doing a terrible job. You, you I generally, you, you do a really, really good job. It's just, I, 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 frankly, I don't like your attitude. Well, frankly, I don't give a shit, Steve. Okay. Okay. I'm not hurt. Have you guys looked at Kleiber, the team of the season, Kleiber? Or not, not Kleiber, Dumfries, sorry. You could put Dumfries and Kleiber at right back and center back or vice versa and have a monstrous pairing. Look at that Dumfries card. He's 99 in every physical category. Yeah, that is pretty crazy. Just saying. But yeah, I digress. What do you know about Dumfries? We got questions from the community we need to answer before we end the show. Um, Where where is Dumfries? He's in my club. It's a Scottish town. Did you know that? Obviously not. There, There is, just you know, throwing this out there, there is one biblical reference in the, I think, as far as all British clubs go. There's only one team. Um... That, that actually has a name that's just to be found in the Bible. And that is the team that plays in Dumfries in Scotland, Queen of the South. You're welcome. The more you know. Yeah, I appreciate that. Mm. Yeah. Well, you mentioned 99, Hunter. German asks, what does 99 shot power give a player? That is a interesting question. It's not as interesting as the fact that fucking Queen of the South is in the Bible. Fuck's sake. That's, uh, I mean, if you say that here in America, you might, that might have a different yeah, that, that, <laughs> connotation to it. 
Yeah. Herman's question. It's a really good question. It's a very detailed question. Uh, what does having 99 shot power give the player ability to shoot from long range? Or is it that you don't have to hold down the shooting button longer to get off a shot? I think a lot of that stuff is relative. Uh, Steve, correct me if I'm wrong. If a player has more shot power, it doesn't necessarily increase velocity, but the ability to make a shot on target from further out. Am I on the right track? No, no, no. I think it's the other way around, actually. It doesn't give it, yeah, it gives it more velocity, the, the, the exit velocity. So, I mean, what people have been playing MLB the show here, you. God, can we get through one fucking episode without you mentioning MLB the show wise? Are you being paid? Yeah, I, I am. No, no, no. That was just a baseball <laughs> reference for the homies out there. But, um, it's just kind of like the Furlong Mendy thing. But no, it, it, it it's the animation in which the ball leaves the player's foot is faster meaning that the goalie's reactions you'll notice that they don't react as fast so you can put a ball past a goalie by just shooting a power shot with either less power or just with a quicker b tap than what would normally happen if you shot that with someone with lower shot power unless that goalkeepers inform nick pope yeah yeah i guess even then though i mean i don't know who who are a couple players you know like a luis suarez or someone like that that just rips one from inside the box even lucas vasquez has some really nice shots that go in from the variety of different positions in the box that you find other people with less shot power do not be able, aren't able to hit matt do you have any shot power wisdom yeah I, I i was just gonna say i thought you know, if you hit something with a lot of shot power it makes the onion bag stretch a bit more when the ball goes into the net the onion bag Keep it simple. That's what they call the net over here, Hunter. You get that stretchy net animation. I learned so much with hanging out with you guys, man. Yeah, I'm so I'm back. so uncultured. You guys mm-hmm. are making me partially cultured. Nothing like a stretched onion bag. Absolutely. At the top of the D, just at the tip. Dudagon says Conte is the best player in football and has been for years. On, you, fight me. You've done it to me again. You haven't asked me for my answers to the question. This is um, this is fucking three weeks running. Didn't I lead off with you? Oh. I think a lot of that stuff is relative. Uh, Steve, correct me if I'm wrong. What? Are you on the bottle? No. Shot power is about the way it flies off a player's boot. It's just about the velocity. You're welcome. Anyway, go on. True or false? Kante is the best player in football and has been for years. Fight me. Kante? What, what about Kante? I don't know. What? What, what do you want from me? Do you, do you actually want... Uh, just talk amongst yourselves. Fuck it. How, how can I mute Steve? All right, Conte is the best player in the game. Why? True or false? Uh, this is such a tough question. Uh, he is the best midfielder in the game, sure. Yeah, like in world football right now, sure. Based on the UCL performance he just had, it's hard to argue against it. But as a Chelsea fan, I've watched him all year. Not to say he's played poorly, but he has yet to put in a performance like that one all year. I think he is at the top of his game. He played a perfect game. I know Steve thinks otherwise as far as who the man of the match should have been. But I think he's just, he's on cloud nine right now. And a lot of people are on board with that. And Conte is great. I don't, I don't think he's the best, the best midfielder in the game though. I still think that that title goes to KDB, which I felt bad for him the way he went out in that game. I think though, he will be able to play in the Euros from what I read. Anybody else have anything different from that, Matt? What KDB or or Conte, what we're talking about? Best midfielder in the game. For his purpose, he's obviously by by far the best. You know, he's just a, a pest. He, he gets the ball, recycles possession, moves it on, but he's not the best all-round midfielder in the game. Um, there are some I haven't used, so I can't say with authority that I imagine someone like Goretzka is probably a better all-round 
mid- midfielder in FIFA uh, as it comes to team of the season. And uh, I, I love Kante in real life. You know, any any team would want him. And you know, so it's a true sliding doors moment when he went to Chelsea and he might have gone to say Man United or Arsenal and how good either of those teams would be with him in, in the team and, and how nearly he, he got moved on by Chelsea when um, Sarri took over and didn't know what to do with him. Weirdly enough, who would play Jorginho over Kante, really? As much as I, th- I think Jorginho is a good player, but again, he, he, he's very one-dimensional. He fits one purpose. He is a, a one, one job player. Uh, Kante, other than his finishing not being so great, does does so many things much better than most midfielders do. So yeah, I was delighted to see him have a great game. I've said before the game, I thought Chelsea would win it because Tuchel seems to have Pep's number for some reason. And, you know, they weren't they weren't too proud to experience some suffering in that game to get the desired results, whereas Pep just wanted to win the way he likes to play by being as attacking as possible and fucked up his selection. You know, Tuchel sacrificed probably what he would ideally like to do for a more pragmatic approach that, that got the, the results and you know, you know I, I am with FIFA I love that shit so that was uh, always good to see yeah it's a shame and I, I saw a headline yesterday it said that Manchester City since Pep has arrived has spent like 1.2 or 1.4 billion dollars and haven't won the Champions League that's wild fucking big headline too I don't for what it's worth I mean on a serious note I, I agree with Matt there um, I think that Pep was completely outclassed and I think controversial opinion i think that we're not just starting to see the the shortcomings of guardiola's philosophy i think we have done for a while actually really um i think i think it's really naive not to play any cdms in there against the way that chelsea lined up where you're going to be bombarded with 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 central attacks with the the three attackers and you know your center backs are going to have problems coping with that sort of thing um i thought it was a really good game i thought tactically it was it was excellent um I wanted both teams to lose, so that was a bit disappointing. But yeah, it, it was a good game. Um, and I, I tweeted out, actually, Kante, you know, undeniably had a superb game, is a superb player, um, but, you know, one-trick pony. He he actually he got a bit dizzy and, and got into the final third a couple of times, and uh, th- that was a sight to behold. It, it didn't quite finish the way that it often does in FIFA. Um, it just got a bit messy as soon as he uh, he got up to those dizzy heights. For me, the unsung hero of that game was, was Antonio Rudiger. I thought he was absolutely phenomenal. He's been their best player since Tuchel joined, though. He's been brilliant like, almost every week. Yeah, d- difficult to argue with that, Matt. He's um, uh, defenders just in the modern game, especially perhaps defenders just don't get the credit that that they often deserve. But his his tackle on Foden to deny the goal scoring opportunity was just absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, that that was yeah, it was huge. Yeah, Kante. Okay, you could argue. Okay, yeah, man of the match. But for me, I, I, Rudiger, outstanding. Yeah, Rudiger did have a very good game. It's hard to argue. I think people are overemphasizing a bit too much on the lack of CDM on Pep's part because if you're playing against a team where you know you're not going to get attacked that much, where you're going to have a lot more of the ball, it stands to reason that you need more creative players on the pitch to, to break them down. I think that the biggest crux in everything that Man City have done over the last few years is that they spent as much money as you just said onto like 1.5 bill or whatever it is, and they still don't have a top level left back. 
And I think Zinchenko was the weak link in that whole team and has been for, for a while. You know, they try to play Cancelo there. I would have played Cancelo at left back and I'm sure he was pissed that he didn't play. Um, I don't think Zinchenko is a, like a top three club Premier League player. Never mind a left back. He's a midfielder for God's sake. So you know, that, that is the one thing that they have failed to address after 1.5 billion worth of investment. That is ridiculous. I was talking to my buddy Rob. He's in the Discord as well. He um he mentioned why did he start Denchenko over Cancelo or or someone of that caliber? Which it was strange not to see Cancelo come on. I don't know if he was hurt or what, but why we didn't see him? Interesting choice. I think I think Pat's just too clever for himself. Sometimes he likes to yeah. prove people wrong, and then it blows up in his face. Yeah, yeah. It's like he's got a chip on his shoulder for sure. Was anybody surprised by the result? No. I mean, we we had our own little we had our own little predictions, didn't we? I'm surprised it didn't go to, to extra time. You know, I thought it was going to go to penalties. I thought Tuchel would probably tr- grind out that one, but the fact that they, they pinched the lead and then stayed solid was great. It was nice to see a game like that end in normal time for a change. So, yeah, good stuff. What what did everybody actually predict in our little group chat before the game? I can't remember. I said Chelsea by penalties. That's what I thought was going to happen. Okay. Well, let's just cut to the chase here. We all gave predictions and Steve's prediction was correct. Absolutely fucking spot on. That's what he wants. He wants you guys to know that. <laughs> nice. Yeah. One oh one oh was always going to be the result of Chelsea scored first. <laughs> I was I was surprised to see it just go one nil. I figured Manchester City would score at least one goal, but I, th- I still think they would have if KDB hadn't left the game. But can we just uh, allude to the fact that Sam Allardyce knows how to break down Thomas Tuchel teams a lot better than Pep Guardiola? <laughs> Yeah, that, I mean, yeah, it's crazy. They, they've scored so many goals on them. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I don't know who that is. That's West Brom's manager. Okay. Former Sunderland manager. I don't know. Ah. Well, do we want to segue? That's- Flash, you read my mind. Go ahead. Steve. Yeah, Steve opened us perfectly to the oh. segue from our question from Jason M24, which I also watched this game, Steve, so I can help you out <sighs> okay. both legs, actually. But he asked how Sunderland season or comments on Sunderland season, you know, not just that they're shit, of course. And furthermore, after Steve, if you need a vent, you can or make it as brief as you want. Open up the floor to us talk about how we think fans are going to impact the season of football next year now that we've gotten them back, which was great to see during the Champions League as well. That was an awesome aspect of that final. Yeah, thanks, Wise and Jason, for opening this world of pain for me. But massively, I mean, I don't want to bang on about Sunderland. Nobody gives a fuck about Sunderland apart from Sunderland supporters, really, I suppose, and a few people who take an interest in the lower leagues, sadly, these days. But um, yeah, fucking tremendously disappointing um, to be stuck down in League One for a fourth season with a club that (laughs) will command, I don't know, We've closed off parts of the stadium now, but probably 30,000 fans a week, probably more if it was fully opened. Um, it's, it's kind of, I don't know the word, it's, 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 it's shameful in a lot of ways, but it's a, it's, it shows what happens when a club is mismanaged at, 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 at such a deep level as Sunderland were. People who've seen the Sunderland Till I Die documentaries on Netflix will have had some sort of idea, but, you know, this can happen to clubs and, we're in the same situation now, actually, that, that Leeds were in a few years ago. Leeds spent four years down in League One. Thankfully, got back up to the Premier League, so hope springs eternal. In terms of what's going to happen when the fans come back, that can be a double-edged sword, really. I think, especially with clubs like Sunderland, I think when we were in the Championship and to an extent in League One, a lot of players who aren't the the best, I mean, they're playing in League One, the Championship for 
for certain reasons. They're, they're not the greatest players. When they've got 30,000 people behind them every week, fantastic. But at a club that's got expectations like Sunderland, Matt can maybe speak to this to an extent, you know, being a Stoke fan, they, they still had and do have a big following you know, despite not being in the Premier League. But fans can turn quickly when, when there's a level of expectation. And um, that certainly happened at Sunderland with, with certain players. You tend to get scapegoats when things aren't going very well. So, mm, I, to be honest, I, I think it's a bit of a I think it's a bit of a monkey on the back, really, to, to be stuck in the lower leagues with a really passionate and, and big supporters base. Hopefully, you know, I'm wrong and <laughs> things turn around and Sunderland go up next year. But I think it's going to be a massive struggle. I think we're uh, I think we're stuck there for a while. Okay. Not going to lie, I wasn't listening. Um, we have one last question I don't want to miss out on Shaq. Shaq Attack 6285. I think, Matt, you alluded to it earlier, but we'll just name a player really quick. What SPCs have you guys missed out on or regretted? Likewise, what SPCs did you do through pure FOMO and they never got into your team regularly? And he says, Alessandrini did him, barely used him. Shaq, I did the flashback Alessandrini and I used him for about three months and he was very good. Anybody else? It was, um, yeah, Tavernier when that one came out and um, Tapsoba more recently. I think that one's just going to be the benchmark for all centre-backs moving forward now. Uh, Apart from his difficulty to link to anything outside of Bundesliga that caused just unreal and such a pain in the ass to play against in weekend league or rivals. So, yeah, either of those would have been pretty nice. But, uh, yeah, I missed the boat on that one. I'd say my, the one, I guess the Mbappu, although I'm not too chuffed because there's still the what if card you could do that I've been using, but Mbappu's big boy card would have been nice to use the flashback. And then the SBC, I actually do have one that the SBC I did out of FOMO that I haven't really used that much uh, is that foot birthday Ozil. I uh, did the SBC. You know, I don't regret it that much. It's just I did it. And then all these players came out and team of the season that replaced him in an instant. So he was, he was one of those ones. Yeah. How many of us did the ones to watch SBCs at the start of the season? The uh, Blaise Matuidi um, was Rodriguez a one to watch SBC as well. Yeah, I think the Hamas one was a SBC or an objective. I can't remember which one. Fifteen thousand coins we'll never get back. Yeah, Sandra Tonali as well. I think that was this year or was that last year? Well, we're out of questions. We're going to bring back more content next week, hopefully with. New topics of discussion um, not involving team of the season, although I think we still have another week of ultimate team of the season to go. Hopefully they give us some some additions instead of just reruns, but stay tuned. I think Matt's going to need some suntan lotion on his forehead. It's just the lighting, my friend. I have not been out in the sun at all. Sorry to disappoint you. Maybe Steve's going to need some suntan lotion. All right. Matt, where can they follow you on Twitter? They can find me at Lambo Matt on Twitter or at Nets Gaming in Discord if you want to say hello. Wise? It's Wise FIFA. Wise with a Y. He tweets daily. Just kidding. Steve's been a little more active on, on the socials here lately as he's coming back to life, which we're glad to see. Steve, where can they find you on Twitter and will you be streaming soon? Uh, to answer the second question first, hopefully, yes. And to answer the first question, I honestly, about four and a half thousand followers is... I'm good with that. Um, I'd, I'd rather people didn't bother, to be honest. People want to connect with you, man. At the foot coach. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. You can follow me at the foot hunter, the underscore foot underscore hunter, and that's the show. We'll catch you guys next week. See ya.
Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.